0: a beautiful, sunny day, and I'm glad that y'all decided to show up when the weather's looking so good outside, uh, but it's uh, it's, uh, it is, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here, and I would just like to say that I am, uh, I've, I've got somebody in the church gave me this, this junk uh, that I've got, and so I hope you suffer long and hard after giving it to me. Uh, so I am, uh, I've got Kleenex up here. It was fun in the first service. First time I've ever stopped to blow my nose from right up here. And so uh, I will try to keep that at a minimum today. But today we are continuing our series, What Does Jesus Say About... And as I talked about last week, I said, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. We have a lot of different ideas about what we, you know, what we think are important, the things that we think that we ought to be doing. And so you might have an opinion about one particular subject, and I might have another one. And I told you, I said, you know, as, as I think as you get older, the more you start thinking, you know, I don't really care what your opinion is. Now, what happens is I typically just care about mine. But, but we need to set aside opinions on certain subjects and begin to say, well, you know, not what do I think, not what do I feel, but, but what does Jesus say? Because I think that is all that matters. And last week we we looked to see what Jesus had to say about worry. And this week what we're gonna do is we're going to see what Jesus has to say about priorities. And I think priorities is probably an area where a lot of us sort of struggle and have some difficulties um it doesn't you know, I've, I, it doesn't take me long you know I, I have one plan at nine o'clock in the morning and then like by 906 my focus is somewhere else and so needless to say by the time i get to the end of the day i don't know what i've done and so it just doesn't i you know something walks by me and i just start following it so it's awful and so i need some help on priorities now concerning priorities i heard of you know, kind of an interesting story. There were, there were two paddle boats in the 1800s that were going down the Mississippi River to New Orleans. And they were in Memphis, and so as they began to travel down, some of the, the guys, some of the sailors on the boat, they were talking to each other, and they started saying, Oh, well, our boat's faster than your boat. And they, they were kind of arguing. Before long, they, they end up getting in a race. Man, they're just shoveling coal into the furnace as fast as they can. And one of the ships starts, or one of the boats starts pulling ahead by a pretty good distance. And uh, the other boat's trying to figure out what they can do to catch up. Well, one enterprising uh, little sailor on the boat grabbed some of the cargo and he threw it in the furnace and he's like, that stuff burns just as good as coal. And man, before long, they're just grabbing cargo and they're chunking it in there and they, they catch up and they pass the other boat and they win the race. Now, the problem is, when they got to New Orleans, they had no cargo. Now, that is an example of some guys who sort of lost sight of what their priorities are to be, of, you know, of what they're supposed to do. And the fact of the matter is, you and I have some very serious priorities in life. We have some, some, some very precious cargo that, that we are in charge of. Uh, if, you are, if you have a family, I mean, you have the precious cargo of your spouse, of your children. You have the precious cargo of your friends. And, and one thing that you want to do with that cargo is you want to make sure that it arrives at its desired destination. And yet what's very easy to happen is to lose sight of our priorities to get out of whack concerning our priorities and then end up losing some of the things that are most important to us. Now, today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see Jesus talking to the disciples about priorities. And it's really interesting. He shares this with them. If you have your Bible, you can look. We're just going to look at one verse today, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. And it's in this one verse where Jesus shares with them. He said, listen, if you want your priorities to be in the right order, so there's some things that you need to know. And the people Jesus was talking to are very much, are very much like people like us. Uh, Jesus, this sermon in Matthew chapter 6, this is a part of the, the famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Are you all familiar with that? Have y'all heard of that before? Sermon on the Mount, most, most popular sermon ever preached. And this is where we where we are in our text today. Uh, when Jesus preached this sermon, he preached this sermon in northern Israel right off the, the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Now, this is I just found this sort of interesting geography-wise, historic-wise. Uh, that region was a major travel route. Now, if you don't like history, you know, bear with me because tough. I'm going to tell you about it because I just found it really interesting. And so, right in northern Israel, it was the major travel route from Europe to Africa. So everybody went through the region of Galilee. Now, I don't know if you find that interesting, but just act like you didn't go, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So anyway, so I tell you that stuff because the people Jesus is talking to, there's a lot of business guys. I mean, guys who are trying to make ends meet, guys who who are trying to be successful. And yet in the midst of doing all those things, what was very easy for guys like that to do is to begin to place their priorities and place their focus in the wrong place and end up losing some cargo that is most precious to them. Okay, now we all live in a, we know that we live in a a crazy, hectic world. I'm sure every generation says that. So the question is, how do I keep my priorities in line with what Scripture has to say? And that's what Jesus talks about today. Jesus shares with us, in just this one verse, he shares with us some things that we need to know about in order to keep our priorities in line. Okay, now if you're like me, you need help with priorities, So so what are some things I need to know about how to keep my priorities in line? The very first thing I see here, if we're going to keep our priorities in line, first of all, it's up to you. If you want your priorities to be in the right place, if you want your priorities to be productive, to have value, for them to be lasting, here's the news. You are responsible for that happening. Okay, now how do I come up with that? Well, let's look at verse number 33. That's probably a verse you're familiar with. That Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Now, I always think it's a good reminder for us uh, to, to understand that we are responsible as people concerning what our priorities are. And I, it's, that's easy to lose sight of because sometimes what can happen is we feel like, well, certain circumstances have happened, and so that's why I'm in, I'm in the situation that I'm in, and there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm just gonna, I just got to kind of roll with the punches. It's just the way that it is. And so many times I see, I see people, I see men or I see women, they want to give all they can to their children. They want to have the best of everything. And all those things, you know, I, I get that, but then they feel like they get caught in this trap. They're like, well, I'd like to spend more time with my family, or I'd like to spend more time with my spouse, with my kids, but I'm gonna keep up this lifestyle. You know, I got I gotta keep I gotta keep my nose to the grind. I can't I can't let up. Well, if you feel that way, let me share with you something. You can actually you can actually change that. And it's actually your responsibility to do that. Now the people in our text, they're like us. They're they're asking very similar questions that we ask all the time. In verse number thirty one, they said. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? I mean, they're worried about stuff like that, and I mean, I get that. All three of those things, I think we would say, make up part of the necessity of life. I mean, if we're going to live, it's it's good to have something to eat, right? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna be able to survive, having something to drink's good. Uh, if we don't want to embarrass ourselves and other people, be nice if you wear clothes. I mean, all those things are those are great priorities to have. But Jesus said, even though those are necessities in life, Jesus said that's not the first thing you're to seek after. So that is not to be the number one priority in your life. Well, then what is it? If you look at verse number 33, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here's what I noticed about that. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to seek after God. To seek after the righteousness of God. Now, if you don't feel close to God, if you feel like, you I just, I feel distant from Him, it very well could be because you are not making the priority in your life to seek after the things of God. Let me tell you something, it's not, if if you feel distant spiritually, it it is not your spouse's fault. It is not... It is not the church's fault. It is your fault. And you say, well, how in the world can you say something like that? Well, because I mean. No, it's, here's why. It's because Jesus said you are to seek him first. Hebrews eleven six. 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You want to have your priorities in line? Seek after God. And we're going to talk about how to do that in just a few moments. But I, I, I really, for me, I just felt convicted to, to say that, not just for you, I mean, for me too. Because I really believe we, we live we live in a time where everybody's a victim now. You know, and I mean, we all, I'm sure we all have our different opinions on that. But it's always somebody else's fault. You know, if you have, if you have kids, you know this, right? You know, how did, what, what, how did my car, you know, have that humongous dent in it? Well, because when I ran that red light, that moron hit me. You know, so it's only somebody else's fault. Uh, let, let me share with you some, some interesting stories about how it's only somebody else's fault. I've I read these, and they're mind-blowing to me. Uh, Kathleen Robertson of Austin, Texas, was awarded $780,000 from a furniture store uh, because she tripped over a child um, and uh, tore up her ankle. Okay, well, you know, I mean, broken ankle, that's pretty. That's probably worth a little under a million. But, uh, but here's the deal. It was her own kid that she tripped over. Kind of weird. Um, Here's another one that I found kind of interesting. Carl Truman of Los Angeles won $74,000 in medical expenses when his neighbor ran over his hand with his car. Okay, at first glance, I go, oh, well, I mean, I get that. Uh, The only problem was he was stealing his neighbor's hubcaps when he ran over his hands. Um, And then another one that I thought was kind of interesting is there's this guy in Pennsylvania, and he had broken into a home while the family was on vacation, and he was trying to leave. He locked the door behind him. He was trying to leave through the garage, and the garage door would, was malfunctioning. It would not open. So he got stuck in there. You know what he did? He waited for three days until the family arrived back from vacation to open the garage door. He was only able to survive because he had a case of Pepsi in the garage and dry dog food. Uh, a jury heard about it, and he was awarded $500,000 for mental anguish. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to do that. Uh, so anyway, these, these stories, when I, when I read them, they, they blow my mind. And I think man, we, we live in a world where it's always somebody else's fault. It's never my responsibility. Jesus said, if you want your priorities to be right, it's going to be up to you. If, if we want to walk with God, and we want to experience the power of God in our lives. It is up to you and to me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now here's the second thing you need to know. second thing you need to know to get your life in order is your your focus is to be on the eternal. Verse 33 again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Uh, Jesus very simply tells us, number one priority, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I've heard that phrase. I, I grew up in a, my dad's a pastor. I've grown up hearing that my whole life. I've heard about the kingdom of God my whole life. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. You ever wondered what that is? I have. I mean, maybe y'all have never wondered that. I was like, I mean, what exactly is that? I'm to seek the kingdom of God. Well, where is it? You know, how do I get my hands on it? Well, the word kingdom, the word kingdom, it means to place yourself under the authority or under the leadership of Christ. So you begin to seek after the kingdom of God whenever you seek to live and to be obedient to the words of Jesus. To the words of God. That's why this book is, is pretty important to us. Now, if you're like me, you look at this book, So, say, okay, I'm supposed to be obedient to what God says. There's a lot of pages in this book. And if you have large print, there's even more numbers, like me. And so you say, well, I mean, how can we kind of like condense this? So you kind of give me like the, you know, I'm a fan of Cliff Notes. Is there like a Cliff Notes version that I can kind of follow because there's a lot of stuff in here? Well, here's the neat thing about it. There's a Cliff Notes version. There's a religious leader that came to Jesus. And he came up to him. He said, what is the most important of all the commandments in Scripture? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He said, the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He just, he just sort of narrows it all down. Two commandments. Now here's what I notice about those two commandments. They are other-focused, and they are not me-centered. Jesus says the most important commands that you can follow, is you love God and you love other people. Now, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that, but then I look at the way I live. Y'all, I am very egocentric in my living. I mean, whenever we go, or whenever we're on Netflix and we're looking up a show to watch, or whenever Downton Abbey, oh, and I know that's like anathema to y'all, but the guys, y'all are with me on this, so y'all hang in there. Last season's coming up next year, yay. Uh, So anyway, so whenever that show's coming on, you know, I'm sitting there saying, how is Downton Abbey going to affect my life? And I'm thinking it's gonna be a miserable few months. And so, uh, anyway, so, but it's all about me. When we go to this restaurant, am I gonna like what they have? Very egocentric. And then I look and Jesus says, listen, if you're going to follow the commands of God, it's all about, looking out and serving others. And you know what happens whenever I actually do that? It changes my perspective. You know, I quit seeing things just simply from my vantage point and I began to see things from God's vantage point. And I begin to realize I have the opportunity to participate in somebody else's life that's going to be of eternal value. You see, the seek after the kingdom of God, for me to be obedient to God, is I have a desire to serve other people because I want people to experience the grace and the mercy, and the forgiveness of Jesus that I've experienced myself. And I sure didn't deserve it. But I want to share that good news with other people. Because it has eternal value. But here's the deal. We, we know this in so many ways that you, if you're going to make an investment, you want to get a return on it. You know, we know this in the business world. People don't invest in VCR companies anymore. I don't, do they make them anymore? Um, you know, you don't invest in... You know, you're not, none of y'all have tickets to the next Milli Vanilli concert. You know, and I'm happy to say that Emily and I, one of our first dates is, we did go to that concert. And I still do not believe that they lip synced. But anyway, so you don't, you don't, you don't invest in stuff like that. You don't invest in, you know, you don't, you don't want to run out Williams-Brice Stadium and then try to sell it out with Menudo. You know, y- y'all know who Menudo is? is that y'all? I'm so glad y'all do, because I mentioned to the staff had no idea who Menudo was. And so I fired them all. It's like, this is the first, it's the first new kids on the block. So anyway, those, that, those, those kinds of things, people, the things of this earth, are, they're temporary. Things of this earth, they don't last. And so if you're going to invest in something, what do you want to invest in? You want to invest in something that's going to have a return on it. And so that means that your first investment shouldn't be yourself. Because people are finite. James 4.14 says, what is your life? You are but a mist that vanishes away. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to invest my life in something that's going to last. I like the story of a, a guy. He was traveling with a lumber merchant in Vermont. It's 1955. As they were driving along, he saw some saplings, and he asked the guy he was with, he said, uh, when will those saplings be ready for harvest? And he said, well, they'll be ready in um, about 2015, 60 years. He looked over at the guy, and the, he's like, the guy's probably like 50, 60 years old. And I was thinking, that ain't going to work out for him. He said, well, why, why did you plant those? He said, well, because the trees I'm harvesting now, he said, my granddad planted them. He said, I'm planting for the future. That's, that, is, that is what we want to do. We want to plant for the future so that people's lives in the future can also be touched. One of my favorite things about Village Churches when Village Church started 13 years ago, it didn't just start so that Tally and Peggy Hood and me and Emily could have our own little club in Northeast Columbia. Now, our, our hope was that that when we, when we are dead and gone, this church will still be reaching and teaching people about the eternal principles of Jesus. Now, are your priorities in order? If they're not, there's some, there's some things that you need to know. The first one, is, it's, it's up to you. second thing to know is your focus is to be on the eternal the things of God, not, not just the things here. And then the, the final thing to know to get your life in order is that you understand this, your new focus, if you really do that, it will change the way you live. Your new focus, if you focus on Jesus, it, you're going to be a different person. Now, again, in verse number 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. When your focus begins to be more eternal, when you begin to say, God, I am looking to you, and I'm going to live in obedience to you, let me tell you what's going to happen to your life. You're going to become different. You're going to be You're going to be changed. Now, I know there's, there's some people and they say, yeah, I'm a believer, I go to church. And then you, you kind of look at their lives and you think, but their life's not really all that different. And, and I know that that relationship with them and Jesus, that's between them and God. But, but here's what I know. If, if Jesus touches your life, you can't be the same. You can't be the same. Jesus is all-powerful. He radically transforms people and so if he touches your life he makes you different so how do you know that well Colossians 3 2 through 4 is an example it says set your mind on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God and when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory now when you follow after Christ we are told that we die to our old way of life now if you die to your old way of life what do you think that means it means that you're no longer living like you used to live. Why is that? Well, because you're dead. You know? I mean, you spiritually, you have died to that. So I'm no longer going to live that stuff anymore. I've died to it. And then it says in verse number three that your life is now hidden in Christ. That word hidden is real simple. I mean, it just, it means hidden. You know, it, needs, it means to be covered over, it means to be protected. So that whenever we stand before God, and I, I guarantee you everybody in this room has done something that has not been so good. But when you have trusted Christ with your life, He covers you. He covers you over, He protects you from getting what you deserve. And when He covers you over, He changes your life. You know, I kind of like it. Um, every year I go to, the, uh, I go to the, the eye doctor, I get an eye exam. And so... Uh, the zigglers i'll be coming coming to see y'all pretty soon by the way um so i i go to the eye doctor and i and you know, what they do is they test to see my visions change throughout the year and and they you know they get that little thing they stick over your face if y'all ever been and then they they the guy I mean, he's got to get sick of saying it all the time this one or this one you know if y'all you know that one he's sitting there cranking the little machine and he goes through the whole thing now now when do i when when do i know when to tell him this one Travis, you've got a lot of patience in here. I need some help. How, are they all have perfect vision? Uh, what do you think? It's when it gets clear, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the E. I can see it now. So it's this one. Now, that's what happens whenever, whenever that lens covers your eye. You're able to see clearly. When Jesus covers your life, he changes the way you see. He changes the way you view the world. Say, How so? I'll tell you something, all of a sudden you begin to see the flaws and the emptiness of an egocentric, self-centered life. And you begin to understand that when you are covered by Jesus, y'all, there is a life that is beyond this one. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I really think there's a lot of us who are missing out on an abundant life because we're not allowing Jesus to lead and guide us. And so our, our life, our priorities are out of order, therefore we don't have any fulfillment. So how can I get my life in order? There's a few things to understand. First of all, it is up to you. But you, you seek first the kingdom of God. Second, your focus is to be on the eternal change your focus from you to god loving him and loving others and finally your focus will affect it'll affect the way that you live when you do that you're going to be a different person let me tell you something you're going to have joy and you know what god tends to do anyway you get that part of your life in order he takes care of you i'm not saying that you become wealthy or anything like that i'm just saying that he takes care of his people now, there might be some of you here today and you say, you know what? When I look at my life, I, my priorities are out of whack. good news you can get them, you can get them. you can get them all lined up again. It be, be, begins with you. It begins with you saying, Jesus, I will surrender myself to you. And I will seek your kingdom to live under your authority, to live under your word. Is it scary? I mean, It kind of is. But, man, it's worth it. And it takes a lot of pressure off of you.